Please open with me Matthew chapter 24. From verses, uh, we read the first 14 verses. And meanwhile, we're welcome to the ones that left us and decided to come back. I hope you're not sorry after you've seen the weather, but some changes are were seven degrees this morning from four degrees the other days. So, And uh, good to have Ian and uh, your wife. Elizabeth with, with us today. So please turn with us. And Margaret as well. Margaret, you're very welcome. Matthew chapter 10, um, 24. Matthew chapter 24, first 14 verses. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came to him to call his attention to his buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. I tell you the truth, no one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that nothing and no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but to see, see to it that you are not alone. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of the wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and the end, then the end will come. Amen. Dear Lord, we ask your blessing upon this word. In times as this, may Holy Spirit, by your wisdom, strengthen our hearts, convict our souls, and show us Jesus to escape these times and to be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are a number of people more, and I don't want to miss also Jerry and Linda being with us here, the studio being with us last Sunday as well, so God bless you with us. Does it look familiar? It's a scene that we have to get used with. Nowadays, we haven't seen this in Dumfries, but uh, it's happening in Asia. So when do you need to wear this? Why it's the occasion that we need to wear them? 
So you say Daniel's coming like the prophet of doom now. What is the mask for? Yes. It's for protection. It's to separate you from the danger. Now, can you hear me better? It's to put a barrier between the danger that is out there and your own health. You have something to protect. And I want you to think first thing today, do you have something to protect? In a spiritual way. It's about your own health and you're very keen to protect it. It's about your own pockets and you're very keen to protect them. But what about something else? What about our own soul? What are we doing to protect our souls? Now with the coronavirus, when I went to the surgery, it was there, the big poster, and it says, do you have this symptom, fever, cough, short of breath? Have you been in contact with somebody with coronavirus in the last 14 days? If so, do not enter the building. They wanted to protect themselves as well. We know that we have three warnings, three level category of warnings. The first one is, how you call the first, it's on color. It's yellow. And yellow means what? Be aware. And then the next one is called amber. And amber stands for what? Be aware. Be prepared, be prepared, and then the last one is red color. Red, what does it mean? Take action. So first yellow, be aware. Second, amber, be ready, have your luggage packed. And the third one, get out. Now in, in Ezekiel chapter 33, the Lord says that he has placed watchmen and said they, has, they have been given trumpets and they are to watch over the, the city. And when they see the trumpet, they are to blow. And if they are to blow and the sound sounds and the people don't listen, the watchmen will save their souls and they will not be guilty of the souls of the people. But if they see the danger and they don't sound the alarm, and the city will be conquered, they will be guilty for their own souls and the souls of those that they were supposed to protect. And I stand here as a watchman over you, like it or not. I have to do my duty when I see danger coming. One day, I'll give an account to God what I have done with my soul, my family's souls, and your souls. And I'm coming to the words of Jesus. We are living in times when I think we are past well beyond yellow warning, and we are past well beyond amber warning. I think it's time to take action right now. And I'm saying in the name of the Lord, take action for your souls and protect your souls. Now with the Korana, uh, with the, Jesus rebuked the Jews for not being able to, to distinguish the signs of the time. And say, so you know when you look at the sky during the day and during the night, 
what kind of day is going to be tomorrow, and you prepare accordingly. But when it's about your spiritual lives, you don't know to do that. And here we are, all of us, to know what to do about our spiritual lives. When we look about the coronavirus, there are two different reactions. One is the bravado one, oh, it's not that bad, and the other one is a panic one. This is God's judgment on us all. Well, though I believe from a health point of view that a coronavirus is compared with flu, those who are better initiated than me, they say that flus are much worse than the coronavirus. At least what I can see is that um, the economical level, there have been reported three trillion dollar losses. And the GDP, the gross domestic product, went down with 5%, and the world economy is to the 2008 level of crisis or even worse. So something is going on because of the effects, not necessarily in health, but as much politically speaking, economically. Uh, I read that this pandemic affects the plans even of Downing Street to go ahead as planned with the Brexit. So the implications are beyond health, much to a different scale. So things are not that simple. There are people who come and preach, you will not touch the believers. Don't panic, you will not touch the, the believers. And they go to Psalm 91, says it will fall to the left, it will fall to the right, but not come near you. But not long after this announcement was made by one proponent and preacher of prosperity gospel, 20 Christians in China have already been sent reports to pray for them. And the number has been increasing. Now, um, it's all right when you say it's not attached to the believers, but what about those that are not believers? It's not just about us. We should still be concerned because not Christians, this life is not just about me, me, me. It's about those around me. And the Lord calls us to have compassion and to be sensitive for those that are around us. Uh, John Piper reminds us, saying the empirical fact is that on the Lord's Day, on Sunday, December the 26th in 2004, over 200 people were killed by a tsunami in the, ocean, in the Indian Ocean, including whole churches gathered for worship on the Lord's day were swept away in death. That's the historical fact. That sort of thing has happened to Christians as long as there have been Christians. Also, when we look uh, to those, people say this is God's judgment on people. We have to be very sensitive as well. This kind, the kind of what we see today it's very interesting. Does, and there are questions in my mind. Does somebody wins out of it? Does somebody get rich out of it? Has, has this been orchestrated for a biological test? Is this to justify the administration of yet another jab? Is someone interested indeed about the control of the population? Will this be used as an excuse that will lead to a cashless society? If the virus spreads, People won't go to work. Will there be an economical collapse? And already know, and uh, what I will know, I would like to share with you today, the word of God. 
The thing is that the Bible has foretold all this, and they are given. All happens to give us the sign of the age. So let's look to the signs that we see exactly according with Jesus' word from this chapter. First, he says there will be spiritual signs. And the spiritual signs, there will be many messiahs. Messiah means savior. Messiah means one who claims that he has solutions. And there have been many religious leaders, people of peace. I don't know everybody by name. I cannot tell this one. is called Visarion. It's called the Messiah of Siberia. And you see this is from Japan and Africa. And there are some others from uh, in uh, South America. These people exist today and they claim to be Messiah. They claim to have a solution. And there have been others and there will come others after them. And Jesus warns us about this spiritual sign category. When I looked at the statistics, I've seen spiritually speaking how people are suffering, those who claim to be followers of Jesus. 245 million Christians in the world experience high levels of persecution for their choice to follow Christ. One in nine Christians worldwide experiences high levels of persecution. 4,000, over 4,000 Christians have been killed for faith-related reasons in the top 50 uh, World Watch list countries. Over 2,000 Christians are detained without trial and are arrested and imprisoned. Over 1,200 churches or Christian buildings are attacked, in the, are attacked. And seven out of nine in seven of the countries in the world Watch list, uh, the primary cause for persecution is Islamic oppression. And I can go on and on. Jesus warns us in these spiritual signs about division in the church, about apostasy. G.C. Ryle said, we need unity without the gospel is worthless unity. It is the very unity of hell. And we live today, and I'm, calling not, I'm not calling leaders out by name, but if you Google and you go on YouTube, you'll see the desire and the way it goes is to come to one world religion because there's going to be eventually one world leader. And is this idea in the name of love, and it's only speaking about love, 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 not to be judgmental, Another way, they come and take your guard down and say, don't be discerning. It's one thing to be judgmental. It's another thing to be discerning. But the thing is, take the discernment away and just accept everybody for the sake of love and don't say anything negative. So I'm wondering, what do I have to protect with the Bible in my hands? What do I have to protect if I, all I'm called is to love? When the Bible calls us and Paul says in Philippians that our love should grow with discernment together, should not be divorced from one another. And we've seen how this started to creep in the churches. Unity of religions, gay marriage in the Church of England, political correctness, and the list can go on, and you don't know where it's going to stop. It started with false teaching in the church. First, it says there is no hell. 
let's accept there is no hell, and then go on with no conviction of sin needed anymore. Then uh, before the issue, when the gospel started to be preached, the issue before was with works that Jesus paid and you don't need works. But now the issue is with lack of works. Lack of works. You just live the way you want because you don't need works anymore at all. And the thing is, in times as this, we are called to immerse ourselves in the truth. As I said earlier on, don't follow man, don't follow priests, doesn't matter how many PhD that person has, credentials, just look at the bearings, the marks of the cross on the shoulders of that person, and you can tell that it's a false or a real teacher, one who stands beside Jesus in the yoke with Jesus. Immerse yourself in the truth, study the truth, Study the real deal and you can spot the counterfeit. Jesus said that it will be in this spiritual science an increase of iniquity and coldness. The love of most, the love of many, but he's in this tra uh, uh, translation, the love of most will grow cold. And uh, Billy Graham's daughter, Anne Graham Lodge, said this, when the church hides her light, how dark it will be. If the 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 love of many will grow cold. If there is going to be darkness in the world, spiritual darkness, you know, the blame is not with the world. The blame is with the church. Because Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A light put under the bushel cannot light. And we had an experiment, uh, the club uh, with the children on Friday. All the lights were switched off. All the doors were closed. was pitch black. And they were to find some treasures. And one by one, we started to, to light a torch. And just a wee torch made a difference. So the problem when there is darkness in the world is not the problem with the world. The problem is with the church. And nobody can come and tell me, we are all right. We are spiritual right. We are spiritual right in Christ, in heavenlies. But we have a reality here on earth that we need to take care of. And the problem is that we are not plugged in. We don't draw light from where we need because we keep the bushel here underneath us. And all that we see, the spiritual darkness, is because of us. And that's why we need to repent and to come to Jesus. And then we have, she, she carries on and says that from godliness, people will be a time, will be a form of godliness, but will deny its, its power. And she says it will be religion, but no relationship. It will be orthodoxy, but not obedience. There will be programs, but no prayer. And I agree with her. People will be indifferent to God's word, busy with their own personal lives. It will be deception in the church. Few times in this passage, Jesus says, do not be deceived, do not be deceived, do not be deceived, do not be deceived. Because we have all the time to keep alert. And then there will be selfishness. People will be lovers of themselves. So these are the signs of the first sign of the age, spiritual signs. Are we paying attention to them? Then there are political signs. I didn't manage to see clearly, but just uh, over three or so years ago, there were over 70 wars in the whole world. And I think there are more at the moment. Jesus said there, a nation will raise another nation. And when you get to a nation against another nation, you have a world war 
we already had two of them. I don't know about the third one. Then we have the enver what did I put here? environmental signs. This, you will say, these have always been, you know, earthquakes, storms, floods. But all I can say is that there is an increase in frequency. They have been always, but not at the scale, not at the amount of what we see them happening today. You just witnessed something near New Zealand, the fires in Australia. In Spain, just in January, it was Storm Gloria. 13 died, four disappeared in rain and snow, which is not usual for Catalonia and Valencia. And there was flooding there as well. In Moscow, which is supposed to be very cold in January, the temperature rised with 9.3 degrees Celsius. Uh, in Italy, 13 degrees for the winter season as well. And then you have the fourth sign is the epi epidem epidemical signs. We had in 2002 SARS again in China. Then we had MERS virus um, emerging in Saudi Arabia in 2012. And now we have the corona virus. And then we have the famine as well, I forgot to mention, that started, it wasn't too much on our news, but in northeast of Africa, started to move from uh, to Bahrain right into Pakistan, and now they are at the border with China, the locusts. They are devouring the place. And then you have the global science, the global science. The rebirth of Israel in 1948. And remember, Jesus said, look at the fig tree. And always the fig tree in the Bible represents Israel. Look at the fig tree and see when the leaves start to come. And you'll know that in that generation it will not pass away until the Son of God will come and store, restore the things and deal with the things. Now, if the victory is the state of Israel was birth, uh, born in 14th May, 1948. How much is a generation? 70? 80 years? Hmm? Yes. Well, Moses was 80 years old. Caleb was 80 years old, still had the strength. I don't know. I may be wrong, but I have a feel that I belong to the generation that will see Jesus return and coming. And Jesus said that the gospel will be preached in the whole world. Personally, I believe that we are not called to go through all to the last seven years of the tribulation because the Bible says that God has not prepared us for wrath. We already have suffered the wrath in the body of Jesus on the cross. And God will not send his wrath again on his children. But his wrath will come over the world. But what is the punchline? What's the conclusion? What I want to leave you with? As I said earlier on, the mask is for protection. This is to stand between you and the danger. It's to stand between you and the germs that are trying to get into your body. Spiritually speaking, we're living in an all-infected and infested world. There are germs of sins. Yeah. We deal with crime. 
because it's visible. Somebody has been hurt in the body and we deal with those kind of crimes. But we don't deal with the crimes that are destroying our own souls. And the word of God is says in here and says, take the mask, put on the word of God in you. Have you wondered that you need to be covered? You know, when you go with a car, you, you need to make sure are your insurance is in place? In other words, are you covered? When you go abroad on a holiday, you need to get an insurance, health insurance. The question is, are you covered? When it's about your house, you buy a house, you need to get an insurance. Why? Because you need to be covered. Are you covered? And we take good care of all this to cover ourselves for all these things that can affect us. But spiritually speaking, when Jesus comes second time, when the wrath of God will be poured of seven years of tribulation, are you prepared for the wrath to come? Are you covered? So I want to leave you with this. Think about the mass today. Protect yourself. Cover yourself. And has occurred to me just the other last two days that when you look in the Bible, the Bible is all about covering. Jesus' blood is to cover. It was given in Exodus to cover the doorposts of the people of Israel. And then if it was covered, the angel would not come through. Jesus' blood was shed at the cross. Why? To cover. At the Ark of the Covenant, the blood of the animals was taken and was sprinkled. Why? To cover the Ark of the Covenant. Because all the sins that were there were covered in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus' cross is given what? For just to be a burden? No. Jesus' cross is given to cover you. It's covering your back. Satan will not come where there is a cross. Satan will not come where there is the yoke of Jesus. Satan cannot mess up with the wounds that somebody suffers for Jesus Christ. That's why he said the sons of Siva were trying to exorcise and they couldn't. Why? Because they weren't covered with the, with, the, with the cross of Jesus. They went in their own power, in their own authority. And the demon said, we know of Jesus and we know of Paul. Because they are covered. They are insured. God's armor in Ephesians chapter 6 is to cover your head, your shoulders, your chest, your legs. And the shield is all for covering. If you're not under the blood, you're not covered. We are given the righteous, the garment of righteousness. Why? To be covered. And it says to the church in Laodicea, you are naked and you need to be covered to buy from me. I provide a garment for you. And the baptism is given an illustration again that we need to be covered. We immerse people. We don't just are happy to sprinkle them. We immerse them fully in the water in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because they need to be covered in the authority of the Godhead. We are given the Holy Spirit to fill us. It's another illustration of being covered in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Following Jesus is to be covered because you carry, as I said, his yoke as an obedience upon you. And the question I want to ask you today, are you covered? Are you covered for the day to come? Are you insured? Are you safe? Can you say 
The example can come because I am ready and I am prepared. When the flood came, Noah and his family were covered because they had the ark. And the floods could not affect them. Where are you today? Are you found beneath the cross of Jesus? That's the only place that can cover you. It's the only place that offers covering in the whole world. And this cross is the most rejected and attacked thing in the whole world at this moment. As a watchman and shepherd, I'm calling you to see and act accordingly. To look at the warnings. I'm going to put a warning here like the surgeries has done. Maybe we should have put a warning. But I'm giving you a spiritual warning. Take all the cautious, precautious measures. We are past beyond yellow warning. We are past beyond amber warning. We are red warning. It's not short before Jesus will come. Are your luggages packed? Are you ready to leave this world and say, I want to be with my Lord in heaven? So all I'm saying, for those of you who are not prepared, repent. I'm giving you the old message of Peter and Paul, repent. Turn from your sins. See the cross of Jesus that we mentioned here earlier on at the breaking of bread. See the beauty of Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Be attracted to Jesus and he will give you his cross. And under his cross, you'll be covered. You'll be protected. God is upright. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he will teach sinners in the way. The Lord is good, but the Lord is upright. I don't want a judge that when somebody may hurt me or may hurt my family, will just say, I'm so good judge, I'm just asking you to overlook all the hurt that has been done to you. I need a judge that is good, but it's upright. And in his goodness, he will be firm and he will deal harshly with those who have managed to hurt. And God is good. And in his goodness, he gave us a cross to be protected where we can come to cover ourselves. But God is just and he's upright. Because if you carry on and ignore this cross, God will have to give you what you deserve without the cross. So I'm saying come to the Lord, repent, and accept him for what he's done for you. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will run righteousness. The Lord in his love has to manifest his judgment in the world. Because how will the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness? It's our fault as church that we have not represented God as an upright and just God. Fear of the Lord is missing from the land. Acts 17. The times of this ignorance God overlooked, but now he commanded all men everywhere to repent because he had appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he had ordained. Of this he had given assurance unto all men in the fact that he has raised him from the dead. Seek the Lord, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. So the condition of mercy it's only in repentance when we return to him and to our God, and he will abundantly pardon us. Be ready. Prepare yourself. Be covered. Be insured. Insured because there is still provision. Make most of it while last. Dear Lord, 
Dear Holy Spirit, dear God the Son, we want to glorify your name. Let your name be glorified in all the earth by the repentance of your people, by the devotion of your people, by the faith that your people receive in this time. We want, Lord, to be like the people during Noah's time. We want to be the Noahs that will cry out, come into the ark, be covered, be insured, be ready, the floods are about to come. And Lord, I pray that we'll have people that, unlike in the times of Noah, they will respond to our call. They will respond to the call of the Holy Spirit, and they will come and join us, and they will be saved. And we'll be rejoicing with you one day, because, Lord, we have received salvation. Great is the Lord, and worthy to be praised. In your name we pray. Amen.